Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville as part of the Believe Podcast Network and is brought to you in part by Bet Online. The odds are out for the 2021-2022 NBA Championships, and you know who's number one? The Los Angeles Lakers. Why? Because they got all those veterans, all those superstars right behind them, the Brooklyn Nets, Golden State Warriors, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns, and Los Angeles Clippers. Those are your top six teams that everyone is thinking is going to win the NBA championship here in the next season. And you can find all of those, along with your Rookie of the Year odds, at Bet Online. So if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports book expert in a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone but now something stirring that will change this place forever perfect Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well, Sam, if you could see me, which you can, and yes. if not, I'll describe it to everyone. I'm in a Dolphins hat, Dolphins shirt, in a Dolphins room. You, my friend, are in a Dolphins hat, I'm assuming, Dolphins shirt with Dolphins uh memorabilia let's call it or swag swagoo on the walls sam there's nfl football tonight i'm glad you're copying me and uh celebrating even though we're not playing yet it's exciting football season's here so to answer your question how am i fucking great man i'm doing fantastic as well you're right the steelers and cowboys uh rematch of the super bowl that i went to all those years ago in the 90s happening tonight the hall of fame game as we record this um our first game of course is against the chicago bears which we're going to talk a little bit about the chicago bears in segment number three of this episode on august 14th uh, chicago bears have an interesting quarterback situation do they not chris uh it's very interesting um not often the third string quarterback gets sound bites played on <laughs> national tv but i can't wait to get into that uh, we're going to talk all about that. And of course, we uh, we have a new segment here in segment number two called Did You Know? Uh, so did you know, Chris, that we're going to have a new segment here called Did You Know? Uh, I did. We actually planned for this episode today. So you're in for a treat, folks. Yep. At least 15 minutes prior to this episode, we put together a little show sheet. So we are getting organized here as part of the Believe Podcast Network. Presented by Bet Online. All right. Uh, well, speaking of 15 minutes, Chris, let's just put 15 minutes on the board and get into it. And we're going to talk about all things. Miami Dolphins training camp. Why? Because that's what's happening here in the world of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, first things first, the pads came on. So the offense looked very, very good last week. Tua Tungabailoa, Albert Wilson, uh, the rookies all look really, really good. Jalen Waddell last week when we were running around in shorts, short shorts in some cases for our wide receivers and uh, throwing the ball without hitting anybody. But the pads came on and the defense knocked on the door, Chris, and said, oh, you guys got all the good press last week. Uh, day one of pads and uh, the Miami Dolphins offense looked like, well, the Miami Dolphins offense of yesteryear. Uh, the defense came to play. Uh, they, were, they were focusing on the running game, Chris. And um, maybe that's part of it. The defense knew what was coming. But uh, what were your thoughts of day one looking at the offense versus the defense and uh, real hitting, real pads? 
Uh, defense one, as ex- expected this time of year, uh, they're working a lot on install, uh, more specifically run install. You follow Travis on uh, on Twitter or any of the social medias. He, he, he said as much. They were doing a lot of heavy install to didn't throw the ball much at all, as did Jacoby Brissett or Stinnett, anybody. Um, and the defense looked good, which, uh, like I said, is expected. Um, just to kind of give everybody an explanation and a rundown, in training camp, when you do an install, the defense knows it's coming too. <laughs> so not like, you know, not for nothing. I mean, they tell them not to cheat, not to, but those linebackers know there's a run coming. They're getting downhill. Defense alignment are firing off the ball to stop a running play. Every once in a while, you'll throw a sweeper, a misdirection or a play action, but they knew. And the right, the right guys look good. Christian Wilkins, Raekwon uh, um, Davis, um, McKinley uh, field look good. Uh, Baker looked good. So um, we got to remember, and this is something we talk about Sam a lot uh, because it's a quarterback league and everybody wants to talk about Tua. We need the entire team to be good, to be a good team. I know it surprises people. Uh, so our, our defense looks good. That's a good thing. Um, sometimes you're one, some, some, sometimes you won't. You didn't mention day two in pads and we look fantastic. Tua had uh, one interception to our rookie Javon Holland, which is a good and bad thing to me, in my opinion. And then um, Tua look great. Other than that, so uh, Isaiah Ford's making diving catches, Waddle scoring, Albert Wilson's playing out of his fucking mind. Uh, so you want that tit for tat, go back and forth. I'm all for the defense winning a day and offense winning a day. Uh, that means we're competitive. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, it really is a double-edged sword because every single time Raekwon Davis gets a sack, you're like, all right, defense looks good, but you're like, what is going on with that offensive line? Or every time that the defense stuffs a hole and puts Savon Ahmed on his back, you're like, great, but also, God damn it, here we go again with our offense. I mean, I don't know, to me, and probably because, and I feel like most people are this way, i rather see the offense win, even though I know the defense is usually ahead at this point, just because the offense is more exciting. I mean, as, as a football fan, most of us like watching you know, heavy artillery on offense versus defense. Um, so it's always a little bit disheartening when the offense gets, you know, shut out or beat up. But you're right. Day two was kind of a quick turnaround. I think that's the best you can ask for when you're hitting your own teammates, right? Uh, at least here in Miami, maybe not so much in Carolina. But uh, here in Miami, you, you really want it to go back and forth where the defense has a good play or a good series or a good day. And then the offense comes back and responds and vice versa. Um, but that being said, day one, you know, just kind of thinking about that. And even day two, uh, what are your early thoughts on the offensive line? reorg restructure reimagining is it a rerun of all the things we've seen in the past where the offensive line is just going to be a problem once again because i can tell you right now chris after a couple days of practice i'm looking at that going i don't know if we have the answers quite yet yeah that's the thing i tweeted you follow me on twitter at chris c561 um (laughs) i said we've had a bad offensive line for 97 years. Mm. Like it really has felt like my entire life as a fan of the Miami dolphins, this has been the question mark going into camp and going into a season. Um, Marino had a good solid line there for a little bit. That's about it. <laughs> it's bad, man. We've got uh, second year guys. We're hoping to step up play- uh, on third string. We got free agents uh, center from the Ravens. Uh, uh, I was playing third string, second string um, guy. I've never heard of starting at right tackle something. Danny Coleman. I don't know what his name is. Uh, Random white 96 um, just playing right tackle. Was it uh, like Leonard Coleman or something like yeah, that? Didn't we draft most, him in like the seventh round or something like that? Probably. I, Eichenberg's okay. They're, they're putting him at guard. He's playing center. Like it Dieter's playing center. Uh, we talked about that last episode. So it's a mix. There's no one really stepping. There's not one group. Um, 
coming together yet. Now, this is still early, A. B, reporters can't really talk about starting lineups and schemes. It's like what they see. And maybe that's something that the Dolphins are just kind of working on to let us see on purpose. And they do have a set set of guys. So uh, I'm interested to see. This always happens where everybody kind of talks about starting lineups and stuff. And then all of a sudden the first preseason game comes and it's like, whoa, Skura's starting. Eichenberg's the left tackle. Austin Jackson's third string. This is weird. Um, so we'll see. I'll, I'm waiting until the 14th and the Bears and preseason games because that's where, with only three of them and these joint practices, Flores has to really get these guys uh, uh, some chemistry together. So we're going to see a group uh, start pulling away here soon. I'm disconcerned, but not pushing the panic button yet because let's remember our front seven's fucking stout. We have some really good defensive tackles, defensive ends, uh, and that's without Jalen Phillips even playing yet. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, and, and just to kind of back uh, back up a little bit, iron does sharpen iron. So if we're going up against a very good front seven for the Miami Dolphins, that might be the best front seven this offensive line sees all season long. So, you know, maybe it does make them better and more prepared for, you know, the regular season. I think Larnell Coleman is the is the guy's name. That, Even you know, worse. Like a, you know, it was like a sixth or seventh round draft pick. But Hey, at least it's know, not we, Danny Jesus Fluker, who we cut, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we stuff. talked about what was going to go on with DJ Fluker and the Dolphins. Like, oh, we have a solution for that two days after we dropped. <laughs> that episode just get rid of them all right well there you go uh so my apologies to larnell coleman who'll be cut later this later today just because we mentioned his name on this show and that's jakeem grant jakeem grant jakeem grant <laughs> and that just seems to happen all the time here chris because uh, i think the last couple episodes we just we were you know resigned to the fact that xavier howard was going to be cut uh he was going to move on and or not cut but traded, traded right yeah. <laughs> yeah, they caught him i'm fucking furious <laughs> four years left in the deal we'll just cut him we don't like That'll his attitude you know, we're just kind of walk away. Uh, no, they were going to trade him, right? We we just kind of put our <laughs> we put our dick in the dirt and said, "This is what's going to happen." And if you if you follow the show, or if you're a new listener, or if you're a new citizen of Perfectville, you know that every time I bury somebody, every time I say this person is going to do that, they go out and do the exact opposite. I remember <laughs> uh, saying Cameron Wake was done. He went out and had like 15 sacks the very next season. Uh, I've uh, written off Devontae Parker. He comes back and has a 1,200 yard season. I mean, it just you can't. Uh, you can't make this shit up, Chris. Uh, I start saying Xavier Howard is done. I get quoted all over social media as a source for this story uh, on Twitter and social media. And then uh, wouldn't you know if, the, if all of a sudden the language just softened a little bit. And it's like Xavier's like, I'm looking to get something done. And Coach Floor's like, we're happy to have him here. We ain't trading him. And I was like, oh, fuck, here it comes. Moving in the right direction. Sam's Moving like, in Jesus the right Christ. <laughs> Yeah, reverse curse. I mean, everything I touch turns to uh, crap instead of gold. But, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on Xavier Howard? Possibly, maybe, perhaps, who fuck knows? Staying with the Miami Dolphins now Great. after everything. <laughs> Great. It's, 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 a, it's our, it was our first option. If you, if you listen back to our episodes, our first option was pay him and keep him. It's not our money. That was our first option. Two was trade him and get minus gold. And uh, three was to just, like you said, put your dick in the dirt and say, well, have an enjoy your next four years. You're going to be uh, that ankle is not going to be hurt for four years, buddy. So uh, those are the options. Uh, a is the one to pay them um, as long as it doesn't hurt our cap. Supposedly he doesn't want a new contract. He doesn't even want like years added. He just wants like more incentive, more bonus um, more and guaranteed yeah, money. Yeah, more guaranteed money because I guess he blew through the first. Uh, you know, year of the contract of guarantees he got. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. Hey, what what is that conversation? I want more guaranteed money. What happened to all the guaranteed money we gave you? I ate it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's locked up in Bitcoin. <laughs> like, I don't know. And but I lost my password. Whatever he does with his money is, is, 
his thing, but uh, pay him. That's the first option. Great. And then get him out there and then all will be healed. Even the ankle. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we're better with Xavier Howard than without, I yes. think at least short term right here in uh, 2021. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's not my money. At least I don't think it is. So I don't really care if they pay him or not, quite frankly. But uh, I just I, I hate that. Uh, I, I hate and love that my reputation is that no matter what I say, the exact opposite will happen with this team. So here's hoping we go. zero and 17, ladies and gentlemen, for the regular season. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. I think it's fate, though. Like, if you start actually purposely doing it, it's going to work the opposite. It's like yeah, kind of just, a genie has rules. So you got to just kind of talk from the heart. You saying 0 and 17 is not going to happen. But after, I, have to, I have to believe in it. I have to have conviction in what I'm saying. And then the opposite will happen. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why you're not a Hall of Famer. That's or two time for that matter. Um, speaking of uh, the team, though, here and uh, Devontae Parker out the first week of practice with uh, who the fuck knows what. Uh, sitting on the sidelines, watches Albert Wilson basically play himself onto the team after one week. Jalen Waddle basically take his starting job as the number one wide receiver. And when you know it, Devontae Parker back on the field, uh, toe tapping, dancing, doing everything he can possibly do to remind everybody that, hey, he's still the big dog in the yard when it comes to the wide receiving core. Somebody floated this idea out here, Chris, and I wanted to run it by you. You and I talked about possibly Preston Williams not being on this roster week one. Right. And I think that was a little bit controversial because people are like, whoa, whoa, it's Preston Williams. And we're like, no, he's injured a lot. We got a lot more talent than we did before. He's got trade value. You can move him, you know, move. Um, nobody has more trade value other than maybe Jalen Waddle, and that's not happening, than Devontae Parker. And somebody on Twitter had floated out the idea of Devontae Parker possibly being traded and shoring up whatever thing we need to shore up, as well as possibly getting a high draft pick for him. Um what are your thoughts on Devontae Parker possibly not being with the Miami Dolphins? I hadn't given that much thought. I don't think his contract is anything that's so out of bounds. He's shown to be consistent over the last couple of years. I think he's you know turned into a, a pretty good professional wide receiver. Um, but Albert Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Will Fuller when he comes back, um, and then Preston Williams, does he just slide into the Devontae Parker 50-50 you know, uh, ball range and Devontae Parker goes elsewhere for – you know, the bag, as they say, I'm a fan of paying your own guys and keeping them. That's how you get better and stay a consistently good franchise. Um, if they were to do this, they have to, within seconds, lock up Gusecki in a long-term deal. You can't let the, this talent, all this talent, this homegrown, you drafted them talent go away. Uh, especially when you got them in their prime. Uh, I'm sick of it. I, I'm sick of seeing Jarvis Landry have success uh, on the Cleveland Browns because we all loved him. Uh, another guy you cursed. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, no. That one came uh, true, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually true. said he wasn't, it wasn't going right to end on well. With that. And then all of a sudden it didn't end well. Well, it, it's, um, yeah, I don't, don't trade Devontae Parker unless it's ridiculous. Like it blows the doors off you. If it's for like a random guard that we're not going to like in a year, no, don't do it. But um, if there's uh, issues in the locker room of a potential contract worry in a year or two, and you're not going to get anything from anyway, that's the Belichick way to sell high a year early rather than a year late. But uh, if you're asking me right on the spot, like, do you do that? No, we're, we're not better without Devonte Parker. Uh, uh, keep, keep him please. Yeah. I would not waste uh, even Cromarty seconds to go sign up Kosicki if we got rid of uh, Devonte Parker. I mean, that's just how quickly you got to turn that around. Speaking of him, last thing I want to talk about during training camp here, uh, a little bit of news. Uh, the tight ends were down last week. Uh, we were down to only one tight end and one offensive coordinator as uh, one of our offensive coordinators got Bobby COVID. Too. 
Yeah, well, we did, but one of them got sick with COVID and then just basically coughed on all the other tight ends in the room. And uh, everybody from Gesicki to Adam Shaheen, shocker, and uh, Durham <laughs> Smythe were, were out because of COVID. Uh, you know, the weird thing about that, Chris, is like, I don't know if it's because of the NFL rules or whatever, but we had to go sign like three tight ends, you know, to fill out the roster. They so called me. Practice. It was weird. Yeah. I was like, I'm busy coaching guys. Sorry. Yeah. I got a podcast. I can't, uh, I can't criticize myself, um, but like, isn't that kind of bizarre? Like we know Gesicki, we, you know, we know they're all going to be okay. They'll be back in like a week or two, but like we have to go sign these other tight ends. Like who takes that job? If you're a tight end and you're like, yeah, Oh, Mike is sick. He's sick with COVID. Okay. He's going to be out for 48 hours. Yeah, sure. Why not sign me? I this, uh, maybe I'll make the team. My thing is, is, was Hunter Long being hazed as like a rookie? Do they make him like do it via Zoom? Because he was fine. He he wasn't in the tight end room. So did, does he not get invited to parties, the tight end hangouts, or is he not in the tight end room? Is he since he's a rookie, he has to do it like from the cafeteria or something? Because well, see, he was out there like, here's my chance. Yeah, they were they were hazing him, and they all all the other tight ends made him wear their masks. So he had like <laughs> 15 masks on, so he was protected. While the other ones were just walking around making we out. Can't catch other. COVID. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why Hunter Long was spared while the others. Maybe he was getting coffee for the boys when when all this went down. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. I maybe just don't he's know fucking I... vaccinated. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe maybe that's what happened. He he caught himself a Moderna vaccine. Um, but uh, I mean, I just going back to the. I don't even. I didn't even bother to look up the names of the tight ends that we signed because they're only going to be here for you know maybe one preseason game, maybe. But like, if you're a tight end, maybe if you're just trying to get onto a squad so you can maybe find you know a room with the New Orleans Saints later this year or something. But like, who signs that contract knowing you're gone in two weeks? I don't know. Maybe they give you like twenty four hundred bucks. <laughs> it's like a short term loan or something. And Cromarty hundred bucks. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope there's someone listening to this episode for the very first time, and they're like, fuck. They keep saying Cromarty for. Be great. I guarantee there is because I see the numbers and I can tell you that we're getting new listeners every single episode. And there's somebody out there right now trying to figure out why the fuck we keep saying Cromartie, but uh, that's on you, not us. Radio T's listen to more episodes. There you go. Stupid. Should have joined us last week. You would know the reference. Anyway, uh, the time is up. Training camp is over. At least the discussion is. And Chris, uh, we got to go pay some bills. We got to go do some talky talk for some money, money. And then we'll come back uh, and talk a little. Did you know? So we'll be back right after these words. Admit it, citizens of Perfectville. During this entire COVID-19 global pandemic, you have bought at least one thing from Amazon.com. Admit it. It's okay. We're all friends here. We all live in the same town of Perfectville. I've bought things from Amazon.com. The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. It helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago, and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to WelcomeToPerfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. And we're back. Chris Cullen, Sam Marku. Welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, new segment alert, ladies and gentlemen. This is something we like to call, Did You Know? 
15 minutes on the clock. And this came about, Chris, because I randomly, for whatever reason, as you can see in the background, if you're watching this, uh, you'll, you'll see there's a basketball hoop behind me. I'm a big basketball fan. And randomly, I was just looking up rosters. Uh, the NBA had their free agent frenzy. And I was just looking at the back end of rosters for whatever reason. I don't even know why. But I, I stumbled across the Charlotte Hornets, uh, a team near and dear to your heart there as they play their form of bas- basketball right down the street from where you live. And a name popped out to me, Chris, and I texted you almost immediately. I think it was like one in the morning, your time. Um, and I said, did you know that Vernon Carey's son, Vernon Carey Jr., actually plays for the Charlotte Hornets? Did you know that before I told you? I did not know that. And then like I told you in the text, that's the first time I heard the name Vernon Carey in over a decade. It really is. I think I, I think uh, probably the first time Vernon Carey Jr. has heard of his own father's name uh, in over a decade. Uh, no, I'm kidding. They're very close. But uh, it got me thinking, like, there's so many nuggets, so many pieces of information out there uh, that it just a little did you know random facts about Miami Dolphins present and past. And we're going to start with that first one. Vernon Carey Jr. was actually drafted in the first round of the NBA draft last season, Chris, by the Charlotte Hornets, uh, which is pretty interesting. The fact that, uh, A, he's 20 years old, and I think Vernon Carey was actually drafted by the Dolphins like 14 years ago. Um, But they're both number one draft picks. I mean, that's kind of a cool story for the family, right? Vernon Carey, uh, I think, went like number 15 overall to the Miami Dolphins. And then uh, Vernon Carey Jr. goes number 32 overall to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, who's got bragging rights here? Vernon Carey Sr. or Vernon Carey Jr.? Uh, the son, because we're, we're relevantly talking about him right now. Uh, but no, Vernon Carey, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. You played at Miami, uh, Hurricanes, gets drafted by the Dolphins, kind of like a Jalen Phillips thing. Um, so that's pretty cool. Bragging rights, I mean, if you're Vernon Carey, I know for me, um, I want my son to have the bragging rights and be, have the better career. So uh, good luck to him. However, uh, Sam, since you do like basketball, um, is that the only sport – well, maybe baseball, where like being a first round pick, I mean, unless you're like the top three, it <laughs> you still could suck. Like it doesn't there is it's the biggest crapshoot I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it, it is very funny. And and part of it is the pack uh, I I just don't quite understand. Maybe it's uh but uh you know, if you're the thirty second overall pick by you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past season, you know, you're 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 guaranteed a spot on the team right or at least four to five years uh, yeah you're going to make a lot of money and you're you're pretty much being banked on by the fan base and the coaches and and your fellow teammates as being a contributor because you're a first round draft pick uh if you're outside of the top like seven in the nba draft you're just kind of like well we'll just see if he even knows how to breathe like we don't know (laughs) like there's just like zero expectation you know like the first five picks in the nba draft i have no idea if you're like like, i'm a first round pick in the nba they're like, whoa what pick and you're like uh 32 that like, ooh, see yeah. in the d league <laughs> like, oh, so so you're an accountant you know it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything you're absolutely right i mean even and there's only two rounds in the nba draft so you would actually think like if you get drafted like it's a, it's and there's less spots than there are for you know football teams uh in terms of players there's only like 15 that are allowed so it seems like it would be prime like wow i got drafted and there's only 15 people I, like i'm i'm a, i'm an elite level talent and they're like yeah we we're going to need you to uh actually clean the gym as well as play inside of it right Though those I'll, I'll read stories where it's like, all right, Miami Heat summer league is starting, and the uh, guy we drafted four years ago is really looking hot. It's like, where's he been? I Google him; he's been playing in Spain. Like <laughs> we drafted him in the first round. It's like he's gonna go play in Spain and make some money because he's not making NBA roster, even though he's a first round pick. Like that's just insane. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know what also is insane here, Chris? Did you know 
that Emmanuel Ogba, yes, our very own Emmanuel Ogba, has as many sacks last season as Philip Rivers has children. And that answer is nine. Emmanuel Ogba had a career high in sacks last year with nine. And uh, speaking of quarterback sacks, Philip Rivers has a career high in children with nine. So I thought that was well, kind of interesting. Hopefully he gets uh, Cromarty sacks this year. <laughs> well, you know, by, by the time he does that, uh, Philip Rivers might have Cromarty children. Um, we might have to start calling it the Rivers instead of the Cromarty. But it's uh, a vagina, not a clown car, guys. <laughs> so who do you think? Uh, who do you think is is like once you have nine kids, you clearly have to have a favorite, right? Not only a favorite, there's probably one or two that he doesn't really know. Just doesn't like understand what's He's their like, name. Who the fuck is that? And the wife's like, that's <laughs> Billy. Jesus Christ. We just went to his T-ball game. And Phillip's like, whatever, beer. I thought that was one of our other kids' friends. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I'm one of four. And three of us are very similar. And one is just like, you know, the the black sheep, so to speak, where he's very different than us. So I could imagine nine. Are there like you know, six like really similar kids and then like three that are just complete oddballs. And you're like, how the, f- the you cheated on me? Clearly, <laughs> like this isn't my my kid. Well, just doing the math. I mean, if you were to have one kid a year, you know, you're still going to have an age gap of nine between the oldest and the youngest, which is a pretty significant age gap. I mean, I, I my kids have that as well. But like once you have nine, like you said, you don't know all of them. And no. the ones you do know, you still have a pecking order of which ones you like. And some that you're just like, yeah, I, if you want to have dinner, it's in the fridge, right? Like he's just oh, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't love all of them equally. Or he just has a maid and a chef that like just handles all that. Or they buy a lot of Lunchables because that's that's a lot of I cook for three. I, I just couldn't imagine uh, nine. That's crazy. Uh, well, speaking of crazy, uh, speaking of uh, nine, which is in the top 10. Uh, did you know, Chris, that our very own Xavier Howard is 10th all time on the Miami Dolphins interception list, meaning he is uh in the top 10 all time for interceptions, he's got 22 in his career. And that puts him number 10 tied with some other people. Um, is that surprising? Not surprising. You think he'd be higher, lower. And did you even know that? I did not know that. Uh, interesting top 10 already. Um, when you talk of corners, you think of Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, you think of safeties like Brock Marion, Rashad Jones that played some good long- longevity. Uh, even you know Zach Thomas played a long time here and had a lot of interceptions. So yeah, tenth already overall. Hopefully he moves up that list. <laughs> and uh, any idea who, finish there? Any idea who number one? Is? Oh, by the way, if he gets two more interceptions, he jumps up to like number six. By the way, yeah. so he's he's it's it's pretty close right now. But uh, any idea who number one is all time? Madison. There's some, there's some old timers yelling at us right now. Sam Madison actually is number three all time. Hmm. Uh, he has uh, what I think 31 interceptions. Uh, for Jake for Scott, career. Jake Scott is 100% right. That is uh, 35. He has 35 interceptions. Puts him hey, number one. old timers. Yep. Jake Scott, number one. Dick Anderson, number two. Sam Madison, number three. Number four, Patrick Sertan. Wow. Wow. Two how many? How, two behind? Yep. In terms of their career with the Miami Dolphins, they obviously had other Just interceptions. The Dolphins, right. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Oliver, Terrell, Terrell Buckley, number six. Hey, uh, T Buck. Oh, my God. And then, uh, and then Xavier Howard tied with a couple others here at number 10. So he's at 22. Once he gets uh, 23, he'll be tied for number nine. And then uh, once he gets 24, he'll be tied with Lewis Oliver and T-Buck and everyone else. Um, wow. Speaking of interceptions, we know who's had the most. We just ran down the list. But what is the greatest interception 
that you've ever seen, witnessed, or experienced as a Miami Dolphins fan by a Miami Dolphins player? Oh, this is easy. So it was opening week, Monday night football. We were playing the Tennessee Titans, and Zach Thomas jumped in front of a pass, scored while front flipping, front flipped into the end zone, and the announcers went crazy, and I went crazy, and it was week one, and we blew them the fuck out on national TV, which we do not ever do. So that interception to me is the first thing I thought of when you talk about um, interceptions. Cause I mean, uh, Rashad Jones doing the front, you know, the flips and stuff is cool. When Zach Thomas did that on national TV, the first game of the season, you know how we're always optimistic week one after that game, everybody was losing their fucking minds. Uh, so absolutely. It's that, that one for me. Zach Thomas, number 16 on the all-time interception list for the Miami Dolphins with 17 as in Miami Dolphins career. No, that was a good one. Um, you, you mentioned his name, Terrell Buckley. I remember being a kid in the 90s, and I think it was against the Buffalo Bills. I could be wrong, but the Buffalo Bills were driving, and they were actually the quarterback, who I don't remember who it was at the time, uh, could have been Jim Kelly, threw the ball into the end zone, basically for a touchdown. Uh, Terrell Buckley jumps it, pops it into the air, and when he did it, Chris, he like popped it about like three or four yards back towards the line of scrimmage popped it in the air again, and then eventually secured it on the sideline right around the five-yard line, and then took it to the house, pick six, about 90, I think technically a 95-yard, 96-yard touchdown interception, um, even though it was more like 105 because he started that in the end zone and then just kind of played badminton with it for about 10 yards before he finally grabbed it and ran. To me, one of the most incredible interceptions I had ever seen. Uh, another good one, uh, you know, we don't like his wife and she doesn't like us, but Brent Grimes uh, with that uh, interception on the sidelines where he ran over, you know, over the top, did the Odell Beckham thing and grabbed it. Fantastic individual physical um, interception as well. Those are two How about when Jason Taylor got the interception and threw it against the Jet logo? That was fucking amazing. Yeah, in terms of the context of the overall, yeah, that was that was a pretty good one too. We've had some good interceptions there. God, now, he hated the Jets so much, dude. Do you like remember? Like he just fans would boom, he'd flip them off, like fucking hate him, and then he went and played his year for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, money talks exist. bullshit walks. Um, all right, there, Chris. Uh, just another one here. Uh, did you know? Did you know that former Miami Dolphins player AJ Francis is now a professional wrestler? with the WWE NXT brand. Did you know this? What? How did I not know that? AJ Francis is a fucking pro wrestler with NXT. That's incredible. I did not know that. Yeah, he he's actually, I think, already made his television debut. I'm trying to no. look at his name right now. Yes, he is uh, He is known as Top Dollar. That's his name. <laughs> in no, WWE, he knows as Top Dollar. But AJ Francis, former, I think, defensive tackle, and uh, not a bad player for us. Uh, now a uh, professional wrestler, and he's not the only one, Chris. So Miami Dolphins actually have a long history of of, of uh, former players that have turned into professional wrestlers. It's quite remarkable. Um, Wahoo McDaniel, I think, is the one that everyone knows. Uh, there's also a guy named Bob Bruggers, who I think was like a linebacker for us for about six years and then turned it into a professional wrestler. So uh, the tradition continues. Miami Dolphins defensive players turning into pro wrestlers. Yeah, he's part of uh, the hit squad or hit record, and he is fully he wears dollar bill t-shirts for anybody looking it's fantastic dollar bill t-shirts uh and he's doing the old you know gang sign with like the mm, the teeth yeah so good for him good for him as a wrestling fan and a miami dolphins fan good for him uh life after football pro wrestling i mean there you go somewhere xavier howard's like can i get me one of them dollar t-shirts that would be enough to secure and i can go back out and play again my ankle will feel all much better if I can get an AJ Francis dollar bill t-shirt. 
made of uh, real dollar hundred dollar bills. Chris Greer get on that. Hey, who do you think uh, on the current roster would make for a very good professional wrestler? Who Christian Wilkinson. It's like not first- e- not not even a question. His personality would get people on their fucking feet in a pro wrestling setting. He would be phenomenal. Yeah, Christian Wilkins would be number one. I think that's that's hands down. Plus, he's really good two? at jumping on people's back and hurting them. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He already knows the moves. Who would be number two? Who's number two on the list after Christian Wilkins? Oh, man. So they got to be good on the mic. So they got to be charismatic and they got to be athletic. Um, hmm. Ooh, Jalen Phillips. That dude okay. looks like a pro wrestler. I mean, he looks like you can put those bands around the biceps and he's got the ultimate warrior Lex Luger look. So totally uh, Jalen Phillips. All right, I'll give you Jalen Phillips. I was going to go Raquan Davis. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's, he's great on the massive. mic, but that guy's like seven foot five. He could be like a you know like a like a like a you know bodyguard for somebody else or something. And and uh, him and Enzo Amore. There you go. There's there's your combination right there for all you wrestling fans out there. Enzo Amore and Raquan Davis. Nothing. Talk about go being wrong. good on the mic, man. When Enzo came out and he did his whole spiel and had thirty thousand fans in the palm of his hand, repeating word for word his. You know, whole spiel. That was that was good times when wrestling was hot. Then that was fun. Who do you think uh, uh, from last year's squad would have been a good professional wrestler? Last year's squad. So that means somebody that's not on the team anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Fitz Magic, man. Uh, Fitz Magic would talk him into the building, right? I mean, he'd just yeah. sit on the mic. He could be like a good manager because he could just, like rile them all up and get everybody else coming in. I want to see that guy get his ass beat. That's- I could also see him breaking the fourth wall, a la pipe bomb, CM Punk. And just going because he's just so articulate and just like using big words that like carny WWE fans don't understand. But like they're like, that must mean he's smart. So, yeah, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for sure would be a great one. Uh, no doubt. Or Jay Cutler. He'd be great heel. Jay Cutler would get fired for no showing. Right. Like he would just like like the old school wrestlers that never showed up to their to their matches and they get fired from a territory. It'd be Jay There's Cutler, a like, guy in care. AEW. Uh, I'm going to get shit on for this because I don't know his name right off the top of my ha- uh, head. He wears like the aviators and like a jean jacket and just stands there with like his hands in his pockets. Oh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. That that's Jay Cutler. He would play that role perfectly. Just like a lit cigarette and just like, whatever. I'm here to get paid. Don't care. Well, there you go, Chris. There is. So we are all smarter now than we were 15 minutes ago. Why? Because there were so many things that we did not know that we now know. And I'm going to encourage the citizens of Perfect out there. If you have something that you know about a current or past or possibly future Miami Dolphins player, uh, let us know and we'll give you credit and we'll bring it up the next time we do. Did you know? But until then, it's time for us to uh, pay some more bills and we'll be back to talk about well, what, what, the, what the hell else is going on around the league other than the Miami Dolphins right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at Patchvibes.com. Check it out. And we're back, and we've talked about the Miami Dolphins past, present with Did You Know. We talked about training camp. We're barreling forward 
towards our first preseason game against the Chicago Bears here, Chris. And it got me thinking, what's going on in Bears land? And you inform me what is going on in Bears land. Uh, so we're just going to go around the league here for a couple minutes and just talk about some of the other training camps and the other teams and some of their problems. So, yeah, we might have a couple of injuries. We may have a bad offensive line, but holy shit, at least we're not as bad as some of these other teams out here, Chris. Let's start with the Bears, our first competitor that uh, we're playing on August 14th. Um, They've got themselves a little bit of a quarterback problem right now, do they not? They sure do. So they've got rookie Justin Fields, who they traded up to get, supposedly doing well in camp. But Matt Nagy, the head coach, is firmly standing that Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, is his starting quarterback. Meanwhile, and you didn't even know this, which is funny off air, uh, which rightfully so, who knows third string quarterbacks, is Nick Foles, of all people. Uh, the, the, he was in it interviewed uh, recently because you know who interviews third string quarterbacks? Well, they do when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, and they're the third string quarterback and your former offensive coordinator that you won a Super Bowl with, starting quarterback, got hurt, and that's Carson Wentz, which we'll get into in a second. And they asked him, the third string quarterback, <laughs> what do they think about it? And he, in the most, he basically the whole meme now is like, tell me you didn't listen to the show without telling me to listen to the show. Like, tell me you want to go to the bears without telling me you want to go to the bears. He was like, uh, uh, Reich is amazing coach. He gets me. I fit his system. It's fantastic, but I'm a Chicago bear and I'm going to go out to practice and slice up these third stringers with the third stringers as I've been doing. Nick Foles won a super bowl a few years ago and now shit talking future UPS drivers, uh, on third string and cra- training camp you, while passively aggressively, like saying, please come sign me. Frank Reich, please. I want to come play with the Colts. Yeah, you mentioned the, you know, um, saying you wanted to play for the Bears. No, he was stumping to be on the Colts. He's on the Bears right now. And you're absolutely right. He was uh, basically pleading his case that I don't belong with these assholes. I belong with you assholes over there. And uh, please let me take Carson Wentz's job again. Uh, I mean, here's the thing the Chicago Bears have never had a good quarterback. And somehow, I mean, Nick Foles, who was, you know, a winning Super Bowl quarterback, is their third stringer. Like, how does that make any sense this is why the chicago bears are the chicago bears oh yeah he he could beat out mitchell trubisky last year and then when he did play he was like okay so they sign andy dalton with uh foals on the roster they signed andy dalton like that's the thing that's gonna you know fix everything and then they jump up and draft justin fields who by all accounts is having a fantastic training camp but for some reason won't start because he already said uh, Andy Dalton is so fun. Well, That's why you're the Bears. Speaking of uh, Carson Wentz and the Colts, where Andy Foles is looking to follow up, is there anybody having a worse training camp so far than the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, just what a what a snake bit start to their season. Uh, Carson Wentz is out for what twelve weeks with some sort of foot injury, and then on top of that, Quentin Nelson, one of their stud players, goes out with a foot injury as well. Um, I don't know what the hell's happening. If people just put Legos all over the, uh, the training camp floor and people are just stepping on them and having dad moments, but, uh, what the fuck is happening with the Indianapolis Colts and all their foot injuries? I can't explain it. And it's so funny the, the NFL network guy interviewing, I think it's Tom Pelissero, somebody interviewing Frank Reich was like, I, I, I hate to say this, but like, do you feel cursed? <laughs> because like, 
Carson Wentz is having this great offseason. There's like the Eagles probably are furious too because they get a first round pick if this guy plays 75% of their snaps and now he's out 12 weeks. They're like, fuck this. Um, they lose Carson Wentz and then everybody goes, well, it's okay. They have a really good line and good running game. So like they're backup quarterback and they can't hold the fort down until Carson Wentz gets back. And then the next day their guard comes in in a walking boot and has the same exact injury as Carson Wentz. The funniest thing. And then Frank Wright gets COVID and <laughs> misses the first week of training camp. And then Carson Wentz, the worst part about it, this injury is like 10 years old from like high school. <laughs> And like it just aggravated now. He stepped wrong at practice after having a good training camp. And he steps wrong and aggravates this. It's like hitting a wrong button in like a dusty cave and you set off traps. Like just randomly, here's this injury he's had since the early 2000s. I mean, imagine, now it's a problem. Imagine you're a Colts fan and you had Peyton Manning, right? And you're just like, awesome. We have the greatest quarterback of this generation. We're going to win so many Super Bowls. We're going to win hella Super Bowls. You get one because Tom Brady just skull fucks you for 20 decades in the playoffs. And then after Peyton Manning leaves, he he goes and wins a second Super Bowl with another horsey team, but you're like, it's okay. We have Andrew Luck. And then Andrew Luck just retires on you like during a preseason game. And then ever since then, no matter who you put behind center, like they just, they're just literally falling apart. Like I, I can't imagine. I mean, we've had our problems with quarterbacks, but like what a cock tease for the, for the Indianapolis Colts fans for the last 20 years. Seriously. It, uh, that is a huge team. I mean, at least they got one. But you got to watch. I mean, it's almost like very Dan Marino-esque how his career went uh, other than actually winning Super Bowls, um, (laughs) being so good and just having that guy, that thorn in your side, like a la Jim Kelly for Marino, Brady just constantly beating him. And the way the schedule works out, uh, you play the team that's in the same position as you in the other AFC division. So it was always the Colts and Patriots every year they played each other. Um, And then again in the playoffs. And even, even if you beat them in a regular season, it's difficult to beat a team twice, especially Bill Belichick. So it's like, yeah, totally cursed. And then you get Philip Rivers, who's you know 90 with nine kids, coaching high school football. And he randomly came out and said that he might not be done and be retired. He's just waiting for the right moment. Uh, it's just all, well, all Philip Rivers realized he wasn't actually coaching a high school team. He was just in his own backyard with his own kids. <laughs> his, his and Cromartis <laughs> just play every weekend. He's, yeah, he's just like, oh, wait, where's my paycheck? Like, you're just at home. Oh, all right. Well, you you owe us money. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, well, one more here, Chris. Let's pick another team. Why don't you pick one? Well, give us another team that's not doing so well here in training camp. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're complaining that our uh, Matt Skura is our third string center. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans don't have a professional football team, but they're they put to. Sh- they put Deshaun Watson at defensive end and scout team safety because he just showed up to not get fined, but they don't want to like waste QB reps on him because he's clearly not going to play for the Houston Texans. He's in a hoodie in 102 degree weather playing scout team running back doing sweeps and just waiting for these 30. It's that's a true story. They had him oh at scout God. running back and scout safety because he showed up and they want to Rod Taylor and other guys to get uh, reps. So he just showed up and they just were like, go stand over there. And uh, it's like uh, it's literally 
comedy it's literally a comedy playing out this poor new coach is like 68 years old and finally gets his chance as a coordinator his entire career gets his chance to be a head coach and this is the shit show he has to deal with meanwhile they're not going to get any top dollar for watson because he has 22 plus women saying they he wanted them to rub the innards of his asshole so it's just the the craziest joke i've ever seen the houston texans and it all started with us ripping them for their trade their draft picks yeah, I feel I feel like we're somewhat responsible for ruining their life as a franchise, and you know what? I I don't feel bad about that. But the 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 irony is the thing I saw on Deshaun Watson is that he's got tightness in his calf and thighs, and it's like if only I could get a massage, I could be out there with the scout team, pretending to be a running back, but no one will touch me, quite literally. Um, well, look, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Anytime you feel bad about the Miami Dolphins, just remember it could be worse. We could be the Bears, we could be the Colts, or we could be the freaking Texans. So, anyway, Chris, uh, that's all I got for this episode of Welcome to Perfect Ball. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah, next time we talk, buddy, it'll be game week. Game week. Well, until then, with nothing else to say, on behalf of Believe Podcast Network and everyone here at Welcome to Perfect Bill, goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.